Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Merry Christmas. How are you guys feeling this morning? Awesome. The rain didn't keep you home. I'm excited that you are here in our midst this morning. We have a great, uh, how about this children's choir? That was awesome. They did a phenomenal job. Amen. Amen. So uh, last week we started our series called Wonder and um, we talked about I Wonder Where and we really learned that God is willing to lead us if we are willing to follow. He will take us where he has intended for us to be. But this morning we are starting uh, part two of this series called Wonder and we are talking about I Wonder How. I wonder how. So if you'd go with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 18, Luke chapter 1, verse 18, and a very quick, uh, short passage of scripture. We're going to read the A portion of Luke chapter 1, verse 18. And it said, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure this will happen? I want to talk to you for a few moments today on I wonder how. I wonder how. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for our love and thank you for G- for your love for us and thank you for Jesus. And I pray that you would bless this message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, Christmas time is a very exciting time. I bet your kids are bubbling. And um, for some of you, you get as excited as the children. You have decorated your homes. You have gone all out. The excitement and joy as is at an all-time high. Your sense of uh, curiosity is in heightened. And your sense of wonder is made alive. And that sense of wonder is normally coupled with the the question, how? You know, sometimes we ask, how can Santa hit all the houses in one night? If you're wondering, at 3 o'clock today, he'll be here from the North Pole. You can ask him yourself. Uh, uh, Sometimes we ask questions like, how many presents am I going to get this year? Or, Or how many cookies can I eat without... Santa and my mom noticing that they're missing. We, we ask these fun questions of how, but sometimes what we wonder about isn't as fun as those questions. Sometimes we have difficult things that keeps us up at night and cause us to wonder how. Uh, some of us wonder how we're going to make it this month with the bills that we have due. We, we wonder how can our marriage survive this, the crisis and the season that it's in. We wonder how long do we have to deal with difficulty and storms. We wonder how it'll all work out. And to be honest with you, in a 25-minute talk, I probably won't be able to answer all of the questions that you are wondering. But I know that God does have the answers. And I also know that you're not the only one to ever wonder how. In Luke's account, our biblical story today is taking from Luke's account of the story of Jesus. 
And Luke's account of the story of Jesus is written to somebody who also wondered how. It was a man named Theopolis, and he was wondering how he could be sure that what he had been taught about Jesus was true. And so Luke, Luke's gospel starts differently than every other story of Jesus. In Matthew's account of the story of Jesus, he wants you to understand the significance of Jesus' Jewish identity. So he starts with a genealogy. In Mark's account of the story of Jesus, he is racing to tell you about the acts of Jesus. So he starts close to Jesus's baptism. And in John's account of the story of Jesus, he wants you to get how important Jesus is. So he starts with theology. But Luke's account of the story of Jesus is a little bit different. Luke's account of the story of Jesus starts with a man named Zacharias. Now, you may or may not have heard of that name, and I know we just saw the nativity scene, and you may not know what Zechariah has to do with this whole Christmas story, but Zechariah has an important role to play in the story of Christmas and the story of Jesus. Zechariah was married to a woman named Elizabeth, who was the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth could not have children. And he served as a priest in in, uh, Israel. And he uh, was uh, praying in the temple one day. And uh, the angel of the Lord visited him. The angel of the Lord visited him and told him that he would have a son. And his son would be named John. And John's significance is that John would go forward before Jesus to announce the fact that Jesus was coming to save the world. And so although Zachariah and Elizabeth are not in the nativity scene, they play a vital role in the story of Jesus. So Luke starts with Zechariah on purpose because Luke wants to invite us on a journey of discovery of Jesus with our questions in hand. He's not afraid of inviting us on this journey while we wonder how. And in our verse today, we we see that Zacharias wondered how Zechariah rather wondered how. And so if you find yourself in a season of life where you're wondering how you're you're trying to figure it out, I want to talk to you about four principles that you can apply to your life to help you travel through this season of wondering how. Four principles that will help you along your journey. And they're basically four commitments to make in life. And the first commitment that I want to encourage you to make, and this is your first fill in the blank, is that commit to a life of making lemonade. And and what that really means is it's taking from the phrase when life gives you lemons to make lemonade. It's just saying that to make the best of where you are. So um, many of you might not know, but I'm from Connecticut. So while I was preparing this, I was saying, what are some southern phrases that I can make up? That people will understand what I'm trying to say. So here, here's my attempts. The first one was, when life gives you unsweet tea, use your positive attitude as a sugar packet. That's a good one. Okay, good. Here's my next one. When life gives you McDonald's sweet tea, stop and run to Chick-fil-A. Unless it's Sunday. But the point I'm trying to make, folks, is that 
wherever you are planted, wherever you find yourself in the season of life, make the best out of it. I know it might not be your favorite place. I know it might not be where you want to be, but you have a responsibility to make lemonade in whatever season of life that you're in. I want to direct your attention to Philippians 4 and verse 12. And why I want to show you that one before we get to 413 is that we, we say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, who strengthens me. And that's Philippians 4 verse 13. And a lot of us take it literally to the point where, you know what? I want to fly. I can fly through Jesus. I'm going to jump off this plane. But that's not what that verse is really saying. What Paul is saying in context starts at verse 12. He says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little. Then he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The point of this, folks, is that you are able to make lemonade, not just because of your positive attitude or not just because you are so cute, so fine and you got your degrees. You are able to make the best out of it because it's Christ who gives you strength. It's Christ who gives you the power, the fortitude, the endurance to make the best out of every situation that you are in. And that's the encouragement in this particular place. Zechariah, what he does is that he continues to work as a priest. And some of you are looking at me and saying, well, duh, that's his job. But the thing is, in those days, if you did not have children, you were looked at as less than. You were looked at as maybe God is not pleased with you. Maybe God is not happy with you. There was a, 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 a asterisk to your name. And Zechariah could have easily walked away, could have easily uh, went into the background. But he decided to make the best out of his situation, make the best out of where he was. And although he was disappointed, he didn't get stuck in disappointment. He persevered. And here's the principle we can learn from uh, Zachariah here is that uh, persistence through great disappointments awful, often prepare us for great opportunities persistence through great disappointment often prepare us for great opportunity. What happens in this story is that while Zechariah is, uh, uh, Zechariah is in the temple and he's serving, it was his turn to serve, but he was given an opportunity that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. There were thousands and thousands of priests and many of them never got a chance to light the incense in the temple and to lift the prayers to be the main person. But, And if you did, it was a once in a lifetime chance. And because he was persistent through disappointment, because he stayed where he was planted and grew and developed, he was in the right place at the right time for a great opportunity. And I want to encourage you wherever you are in life, although you are wondering how it's going to work, how things are going to happen. I want to encourage you to bloom where you're planted, to make the best out of where you are, because when you persist through disappointment, You are at the corner of a great opportunity, a great opportunity. That's the first thing we need to commit to making lemonade in our life. But here's the second point that I have for you is that we need to commit to a life of prayer. Prayer is essential. 
Prayer is our invitation to God to participate and involve and intercede and intervene on our behalf. David understood the magnitude of this in Psalm 145 and 18. He said, the Lord is near to all those who call on him. In Psalm 34 and 4, David again says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and freed me from all my fears. Prayer is important because it gives God an opportunity to work in our lives. It gives opportunity to be involved in the affairs of men. When we pray, we ask God. God to be involved in what's happening. Jesus understood the importance of prayer because in Luke 18 and one, he reminds his disciples with a, a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. They should continually be in prayer. And then James adds on top of that in James chapter five and verse 16. And he says, the earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Can I paint the picture for you real quick? What's happening is Zechariah is in the temple lighting incense and praying. And then while he is praying, there's a crowd around the temple and they are beginning to pray. Can I submit to you that if we would get together and not just depend on a pastor or a preacher to pray, but if every person would begin to get together and say, we are going to pray and believe God, we are going to seek his face. What in the world would happen? in the city of Augusta? What would happen in Richmond County and Columbia County? What would God do in our city if we made a commitment to prayer? On January 6th, our our church is going on a a 21 days of prayer journey and we do it again in August, but we understand that there is no move of God that happens without prayer. Prayer is the secret ingredient to see, seeing God move in our lives. But here's an interesting point about what happens in Zechariah's story. Is that in the story, it, it, it reads, if you're just reading it quickly, it says that he's in there praying and the angel comes and says, the Lord has heard your prayer and he's answered it. But study of Jewish culture shows us that Zechariah was not praying for himself. Zechariah was not praying for his needs. What he was doing in that moment was he was lifting up the prayers of everybody on the outside of the temple and he was praying for the nation at large. And while he was praying for others, while he was concerned for other people, God sends an angel and shows up and says, I've heard your prayer. The prayer that he is referring to is a prayer Zechariah prayed long time ago. And here's the principle that we get from this. And this is your next fill in the blank is that when we pray and care for others, God answers and takes care of us. Can I tell you that your breakthrough might be in you praying for your brother or sister. God answering the prayer of your heart might be found in you seeking God's face on behalf of someone else. When we commit to a life of prayer, we stop worrying about how and we trust God to do what he says he's going to do. Here's a third point that I want to bring to your attention. 
And not only do we have to commit to making lemonade, not only do we have to commit to a life of prayer, but I want to encourage you to commit to a life of faith. And here's the only place where I believe Zachariah, through his mistake, gives us a critical lesson to learn. That it's okay to ask God questions, but we can't have doubt in our heart when we seek God. Hebrews 11 and 1 tells us that faith is, shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for is another version. That's what it says. It's what what we're hoping for is made out of. But he goes further in Hebrews 11, the sixth chapter, and says it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Faith is all about our perspective on what we're facing. And the difficulty that Zechariah had was that he knew the rules and he knew the reality of his situation. Him and his wife were older. They were well advanced in years. Think of your grandma and grandpa coming to you at Christmas dinner and telling you that they're pregnant. Yeah. He understood and he's saying to the angel, wait a minute. How can I be sure this is going to happen? Me and my wife are old. But can I encourage you? That sometimes when you are believing God for something or when you are facing obstacles, you have to change your perspective and don't allow the obstacle to become your focus. Your focus should be on the God who can perform miracles. Sometimes we get so stuck and focused on the problem that we miss the fact that God is the ultimate answer to every question that we have. Here's the principle. Here's your next fill in the blank is that faith allows us to see problems not as obstacles, but as opportunities for God to work in our lives. That's what faith is. It it, it changes our perspective and we're not worried about what's going on because we know who's in control of what's happening. It allows us to see the walls as just something that God can take down. It allows us to see the giants as something that God will cause to fall it would allow us to see the rivers as something that God will part it allows us to see God work in our lives and wherever you are I pray that faith will arise in you and you would see what you're facing not as something that will hinder your progress not as something that will delay your destiny but that as something that God is going to work on for your good that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose he's going to work on your behalf but we've got to commit to this life of faith we got to commit to 
walking this thing out. Believing God even when it doesn't make sense. The scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And what encourages our faith is to hear messages of the gospel, to hear good news, but also to spend time reading God's word. It builds our faith. It encourages us and allows us to see that God still is in the miracle working business. God is still working on our behalf. And this is what uh, Zechariah misses because he was so focused on the obstacle in his life. He thought that it was too much for God to handle. But I want to tell you, whatever you're facing today, whatever you're wondering about today, nothing is bigger than our God. God is able to handle what you will be willing to submit and give to him. Here's a fourth and final point, folks, is that we need to commit to a life of praise. Uh, We need to commit to giving God glory while we walk through our story. Making sure that our life reflects an attitude of thankfulness for what God has done. And here, uh, what I would say is praise is the correct response to three different things happening in our lives. Praise is the correct response when we are submitted to God's will. It's the correct response to show our submission to God's will. In verse 20, after Zechariah has this encounter with the angel and he he doesn't believe and he's made uh, dumb, he couldn't speak. He continues to serve throughout the rest of that week. What he was doing by his uh, continuing to serve was he was submitting to God's will. In his act of service, his act of worship, he was showing that he was submitted to God's will. God, I know I doubted. I know I didn't understand, but I'm still going to submit and do what you have asked me to do where you have planted me to do it. Here's the second thing that praise does. Praise is the correct response to show our belief in God's plan. In uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 25, when Elizabeth is in the process, she has just got pregnant. She begins to bless God and praise God and said, God has been kind to me. He has taken away my shame. And uh, the baby had not come yet, but she was willing to praise God in the process. And what my dad used to say to me is that before God opens the door for you, son, it's okay to give God thanks and praise in the hallway. And it's okay to give God praise through the process. The process praise shows your belief in God's plan. It's not here yet, but I trust God. I I got a diagnosis that doesn't look too good, but I'm going to trust God and praise God. They they told me I was denied, but I'm going to trust God and praise God anyhow, because I'm praising through process. It, It hasn't worked all the way out yet. It's halfway done, but I'm going to trust God through the process. I'm going to trust God and praise God through the process. But here's the final thing that praise is the correct response to show Our gratefulness for God's faithfulness. You know, I don't know where you are in your particular journey, but 
one thing I do know is that God is not a man that he will lie. And what he has promised, he will do. And in the case of Zechariah, in verse 64 of this same chapter 1 of Luke, John, the promised son, is born and uh, they are trying to figure out his name. And the angel had told him earlier that you need to name him John. This was the eighth day after he was born and uh, Elizabeth said his name is John, but people who were there, were trying to convince them to name him something else. And this is uh, not in my notes, but I want to tell you, don't let people convince you of something other than what God has told you. Don't, Don't let people talk you out of doing what God has told you to do. And they were there trying to convince her, no, you should name him something else. But uh, Zechariah, who still couldn't talk, asked for a writing pad. And he, he says, give me a pad. He motions for it and he begins to write. And he writes, his name is John. And scripture tells us that as soon as he do- does that, he's able to speak. And the first thing ha- he does when he has the ability to speak as he begins to praise God for his faithfulness. He begins to thank God for all he has done for fulfilling his promise. And my encouragement to you is in every season of life, let's give God praise. Psalms 34 and 1 says, I will praise the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will live a life of praise because that was what I was created for. My creative purpose is to worship him. To bring God glory. And so I want to encourage you wherever you are in your wondering of how. Commit these principles to your life. Commit to making lemonade. Commit to making the best out of every situation. Commit to a life of prayer. Because prayer truly changes things. Commit to a life of faith. And believe God and trust God for what he has said. And commit to a life of praise. Giving God glory for all that he has done and all that he will do. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word that has been declared. That you have shown us that when we're wondering how. We don't have to get stuck. We don't have to get consumed by the question that there are some principles that we can apply to our lives to help us move forward. To help us engage with you on another level. And I pray God for the person who is wondering how that you would encourage their faith. That you would prompt them to prayer. And you will allow them to always have a praise. Father, for the person who is wondering, how do I start this relationship with Jesus? How do I give him my life? I pray that they would pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me and make me who you want me to be. And we trust in your word, God, that declares whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So thank you for saving us. Thank you for working in our lives. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.